Welcome to Advocacy for Inclusion's Supported Decision-Making Podcast. This podcast series is made possible through the generous support of the ACT Office for Disability. I'm Rob Donnelly. I work for Advocacy for Inclusion. We're a Canberra-based community organisation advocating for people with disabilities. We also report on broad issues that have an impact on people with disabilities across Australia. In our last two podcasts, we explored the power of decision-making. It's a power that enables us to own and shape our lives. We also stopped and reflected on the bleak prospect of losing that personal decision-making power and living in a world where others made the decisions. And we started digging into a process called supported decision-making, a process that respects the independence of the decision-maker and that provides the support the decision-maker requests. We broke this down into two key points. Point one, supported decision-making happens when the person making the decision asks you for support. Point two, the kind of support you give should be determined by the support that the person making the decision is actually requesting. As we took our first steps exploring the work of supporting another person in their decision-making, we encountered our first challenge. The truth is, we will often have an opinion about the choices the other person is considering. We may well believe that we know which choice is best. It's tempting to bowl in and tell the decision-maker what to do. This inclination can be fuelled by good intentions and care about the other person and their well-being. We might even consider our intervention is in the other person's best interests. In thinking about what we do when we're fueled up with a strong opinion and we really want to voice it, it's important to stop and reflect. Did the decision-maker ask me? for supporting this matter? Did they ask for my opinion? Did they even bring their decision up with me and invite me to be part of a decision-making conversation? If the answer to these questions is no, then it's helpful to reflect on what's going on in ourselves. What is the motivation that's compelling you to tell the decision-maker what you think they should do? Do you have a particular presumption at play in the weight you give your opinion compared with the possible choices the decision-maker might take? The journey to improve our ability to support someone who is a decision-maker can be challenging. It brings up a lot of stuff, possibly more stuff about ourselves than the person who's making the decision. It can bring up the presumptions we have about ourselves and the other person, presumptions we have about what that other person is able to do. It can bring up our sense of the role we are meant to be playing in that other person's life. It can bring up needs we might have when it comes to controlling situations. It can bring up our deepest fears about what might go wrong for that other person if they made their own decisions. 
the journey to improve our skills in supporting decision makers can be a difficult journey. There are challenges, and none of us are perfect. In this podcast, we're making the journey together. About 15 years ago, I stepped away from an office job and started working in disabilities. I landed in the deep end as a support worker and then a supervisor in a day service for a great number of adults who had intellectual disabilities. I came in loaded with good intentions and immediately saw my role was all about making things better for the clients I supported. Was there quite a lot of ableism in my thinking? Yes, no doubt about it. I spent my work days stepping in, sorting out, cleaning up, persuading, doing for, fixing, discouraging, redirecting and distracting. I was certainly mindful of the importance of individuals having the opportunity to develop their skills, pursue their personal goals and make their own choices. But in the middle of any given workday, the major portion of my focus was all about avoiding risk, keeping the peace, putting out spot fires before they became a full-on blaze and making the world as safe as possible for my clients. I was strong on duty of care. Dignity of risk was a scary proposition. And we'll look at those two concepts a little more deeply in a later podcast. My vigilant and quite frankly exhausting efforts weren't without reason. I was working in a day service where situations could very quickly go pear-shaped. Certain personalities clashed. Behavioural communication could quickly become larger than life with possibly harmful consequences. And upsets could spread domino effect through the entire day service. Working in that world, it was easier avoiding risks and keeping things safe and simple rather than stepping back and making room for possibly complicated consequences that might include mess and even failure. When I reflect back on those early days as a support worker, I now ask myself, how often was my stepping in, sometimes taking over situations and preemptively sorting things out before they went wrong, disabling? How often were my well-intentioned interventions based on a presumption that I knew what was best for others? How often did my inclination to rush towards a quick resolution block out the insights and the voices and choices of, of individual clients? How often did I rob others of an opportunity to learn not just through independently achieving success, but also personally experiencing the lessons that come through experiencing limitation and failure. My time as a support worker in various work situations was 
an evolving business, particularly my understanding of what support actually means. In more recent years in supporting others, I regularly reminded myself to step aside as much as possible, to respect that space that is the other person's life, their space for making their own decisions, for gaining experience in their terms, choosing, trying and relating to the wider world and embrace their independence in their way. I found that this particular kind of respect, a respect that's about stepping aside, is a habit I had to work on and build up. My understanding of support was now about being present, near enough to respond when the other invited me, far enough that the other had their independent space in the world. And when the person I was supporting requested help, the best help I could offer wasn't about doing for, but usually reflecting back the progress they'd already made through their independent effort and encouraging them to continue with that effort. One of the great joys in more recent years supporting others was the experience of witnessing those I support claim their own lives, find their voices, assert their independence, make their own choices and learn from their own experiences. In all of this, the central point is simple. Getting support right, particularly supporting others in their decision-making, is an evolving journey. As supporters, we'll make mistakes. They're inevitable. They're, sometimes our well-intentioned instincts will kick in. We'll find ourselves in a rush to step in and sort out without stopping to ask if the other person has asked for this or if they even needed it. Sometimes we'll be so focused on avoiding potential complications and that we won't stop and really listen to what the decision maker is saying. The important thing when we fall short of the ideal when it comes to giving the best and most appropriate support to others is that we ask the person we're supporting if they want our support and how we can improve the support we're giving. It's also important to stop and reflect on our motivations and presumptions and our understanding of the role we have in this other person's life. Sometimes we can be so hardwired to playing a role that we forget more can be achieved through stopping and really noticing and relating and listening to the person in front of us. Our efforts to get things right in the way we support decision makers is part of the bigger picture of human rights. We're going to dig into the connection between decision making and human rights in the next podcast. Thank you for deciding to listen to this podcast. I hope you decide to come back again.